Boz, as as we record this, it <laughs> is, I don't know when it'll get posted, but it's August 12th. It's a Friday. The game's just ended over the weekend. So welcome back, my friend. Uh, what, what day? Is it a, is it a weekday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you recovered on sleep? Uh, yes. I, I have to say, man, I've been pretty, um, I don't know what you describe it as. My wife says low chi. Mm. Uh, so I've been, I've been pretty low energy. Uh, today I actually got up and went for a bike ride, went, to, uh, did a little neighborhood loop to the local coffee shop, had a cup of coffee, nice little cruisy little bike ride to start the day. So that felt good. It's the most physical activity I've done since getting home. Uh, first two days I was a mess. So I can believe <laughs> I <was> it. Just, <laughs> just wrecked, but, um, yeah, I feel pretty good now. So the goal for today's show, I think everybody will enjoy it, is just a casual, fun walk through the events that get programmed at the games. You know, we've said before, yeah. this is not a show about the competitive side of CrossFit. And I don't know what episode this is going to be, 70-something. And so I, I, the overwhelming majority, we don't go down this hole. But I, I think this is going to be more, not so much talking about any specific competitor or any sort mm -hmm. of a judging thing. It's just Let's just chat programming because programming yeah. applies to the individual garage goer, the affiliate owner, or the somebody who loves watching a competition. So we'll just chat about the events. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, you know, it was really my pleasure to be put in the hot seat to come up with and curate this year's games. Um, and it was important to me that all competitors had some of the challenge that we associate with the games, you know, the, the teams the age groupers, the adaptive athletes, all of them got a taste of some of the unique elements. And uh, that's not always been the case in the past. So that was a lot of fun too, to see some of those competitors in the divisions that don't get quite as much spotlight tackle some of these challenges. And that, that was a real point of pride for me was to give those people an opportunity to play with some of these unique elements. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if uh, you had a chance to see it, but the 65 plus women they, you know, they got an opportunity on the pegboard. They had the line and they had to start with the pegs below the oh, line. I didn't see that. Yeah. So they, they didn't do the full climb, but they got, you know, pegs below the line, pegs above the line, pegs back below the line. That was a rep. So they had some skills that they had to practice on there that they probably hadn't, uh, you know, done before. Everybody did the parallel bar traverses. Um, you know, stuff <laughs> like that, which I think is exactly what the games is for. You don't, you don't show up to the games to do another thruster pull-up workout. I mean, that, that's great too. There's nothing wrong with those. Those are amazing. Mm -hmm. But you got to stretch a little bit when you get to the big show. So, so somebody posted in my affiliates uh, private Facebook group. I, I can't remember the woman's name, but it was a master's athlete, a female. And I think it was, if not the top division, the oldest division, it must have been right below it. Um, and she was doing, I want to say, unless they were wrong, they posted it was like an 85 pound squat clean. And, you know, on their version of whatever Elizabeth happened to be. And, you know, my community just went bananas saying like, yes, like yeah. this, this is what it's all about. Like if it, yep. if at that age, I'm still, you know, having an explosive hip opening and doing any version of a squat clean, I have one at life. And I was like, absolutely, absolutely. 100%. Yep. So I, I tell those competitors all the time, I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the goal right there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and it, again, some of those older competitors in the, the top divisions, you know, they're all doing weighted pull-ups. They're all front squatting heavy. They're all getting after it on all of the stuff that you would expect. Uh, I just, I love seeing it. Oh, and, and one of the coolest things too was, you know, we did this all division swim test 
And um, there was a uh, an adaptive woman who, based on her score, she would have been, you know, in the mid-20s placement-wise in the open female division. I did see that. As a lower extremity adaptive athlete. I mean, it, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's lots of fun stories that are coming out um, as we get a little further away from from competition. And I'm sure the more will. So it's a, yeah, it was... It was a yeah. blast to watch. It was a blast to watch. So yeah, a tip of the cap. And, Thanks. And let's, you know, I liked it overall. You know, I, I've got a couple yeah. of things that we can chat about on various things. I'm also happy to, I want to hear obviously what you have, have to say. So let's start the first one that came don't, out. Don't of the, softball me, Pat. Don't softball yeah, me. You, got, you know, I need to. <laughs> the first one that <laughs> came out there, of the let's pipe. Let's hear it. Bike to work. You know, when I bring oh, yeah. that one up to you, what, what resonates to the forefront of your mind? So if anyone at home is unfamiliar with it, it's four time, 75 toes to bar. Everyone loves to start off with a set of that. Then a five mile bike ride, come back in, 75 chest to bar pull-ups, and then finally one more five mile bike ride. Yep, so straight up stamina test. I mean, this is one that, um, you know, I think riding a bike is a fundamental activity if you wanna call yourself fit. I think it's on par with learning to swim, learning to run. Uh, it's just one of those modes of of um, transport that I think everybody should be well versed in. You know, we try to simulate that in the gym often enough with assault bikes and C2 bikes and echo bikes and all that. But uh, the real thing has to be tested if you want to call yourself the fittest. So mm-hmm. uh, always, always fun to get those guys out there on a longer course. Um, so just straight stamina test. And I wanted it to be a stamina test without a, a weightlifting component because there's so much of that that comes out later on. Uh, and it's such an easy fallback. Um, not that there's a bad, uh, uh, not that it's a bad choice to use those elements, but I wanted it to be just a little bit different. So this was very much gymnastics and monostructural based from the get go. And there are various test. various types of strength. It doesn't just have to be a barbell. Yep. You can be yep. you can demonstrate exactly. plenty of strength somewhere else. And you know, again, my my community was going wild the whole time this has popped up, and there was great interaction going on. Um, oh, that's cool! In our, in our Facebook group and whatnot. When when this popped up, you know, I was just like, I'm like, hey, you've got to do this stuff, right? I mean, this is just yeah. big chunks of work. Think of a big chunk of work. Chip yep. sets of seventy five on the toes yep. bar and the chest bar, big chunks on the bike as well. You know, not a barbell in sight. Like this is something that is is useful and meaningful, and maybe watching somebody pedal for five miles on the bike, the announcers and play by play, they're earning their keep, you know, keeping you, uh, keeping you talking, but oh yeah, you've, you've got to do that. And there's that interesting balance that you're obviously intimately aware of, of you try to juggle what plays well for the venue. What's mm-hmm. an actual meaningful test that you can stand behind and be proud of. What is it going to look like to the viewers at home and both there? And there's all these things trying to make them all work. But at the end of the day, if you can't stand behind the test, then yeah. what are you doing? And so you've got to do something like event number one. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the, it's funny. I, I heard a few people say they wish it was 100 and 100 on the gymnastics <laughs> oh, movements. Really? And yeah, you know, they just thought, well, it would be a little bit more of a separator. And I actually like the 75 for that reason in the opposite. And what I mean by that is, you know, the 100-100 would be, great too. I don't think there'd be a problem there. But the 75 at that level for those competitors dared them to take bigger bites. I think the 100 is a different game. You start to strategize it a little bit more conservatively. 
The race is a little bit different. And I wanted a number where it's like, it's a lot and it's definitely stamina oriented. But at that level, for those movements, for those athletes, they're dared to go a little bit bigger on the sets than maybe they had hoped for. Uh, and 100 lets you hide that just a little bit more. Well, there's something else in there. And now I'm seeing that this might be a four-hour show. And so there's, <laughs> there's, there's something else in there that was, there was a, I don't even want to call it a theme because I don't know if it was a theme or not. But I, I picked up on it, I could be wrong, but I liked it. And it was, it was, I think, done in a couple ways. One, you just mentioned through the rep scheme which almost forces, you're going to have to depress that accelerator a little bit more, maybe than you want to, if you want to do well. And I feel like that was done in some areas and some examples, like you just said. And then some other places more deliberately, just like, this is an aggressive time cap. Oh, yeah. Like if you're, you're not going to dilly dally. And so you can, you can make a workout, give a generous time cap, you can make the same workout, give an aggressive time cap, and without changing anything about the actual workout, Mm -hmm. you have changed the atmosphere and the environment and the strategy. And I, I liked seeing that personally. So yeah, Yeah. and, and within that day, you could see that theme that that was absolutely part of it, you know, so the first event was long, deliberately a really generous time cap, The, the intent was that everybody finishes um, especially with a long event like that, um, it's important that you don't have, uh, what's the way to say it, you, that you don't punish the front runners. And what I mean by that is early in the competition with a longer event, if that was, say, a 40-minute time cap, you would have had the front of the pack that made the, the time cap and then the rest that didn't. And therefore, they didn't complete nearly as much work. Mm-hmm. They have some degree of advantage going into the later events that day. And so that's they got a consideration less, less as reps well. on their body. Exactly. And so for something as long and potentially grueling as, as a, you know, a 40 minute workout, it's like, no, they need the full dose so that we're comparing apples to apples as much as we can later in the day, as far as who can recover and who can still perform. So, yeah. So we had that to kick it off on August 3rd. Then we went into a workout that's, that's just got some chatter about it if you will the, <laughs> the skill speed medley <laughs> oh yeah oh, <laughs> which yeah. was three rounds of pegboard time on the jump rope pistols and handstand walking and it's got yeah. three rounds and after round one cuts were made then round two began oh. with a smaller pool of athletes but but the complexity or difficulty of some movements increased. Again, cuts made, and then in the final round, once again, fewer athletes, difficulty increased, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, so on. And what was big about this one, the pegboard was in every single round, and it went mm-hmm. from using your legs to having to do it strict, which was cool. The jump rope went from 75 unbroken single unders in the first one, unbroken double unders in the second one, 50 reps, and then finally 20 double under crossovers never seen before at the games. We'll chat about that in a second in the final one. And then pistols each time. And then a handstand walk. So I'll, I'll dissect. Well, why don't you say what you liked or didn't like about it, and then I can dive in as well. Um, you know, going back, I think it would have been fun if we had the time to see all the athletes do all the skills. I, I like that. I think there's, you know, a couple of people have made that critique, and I think that's a valid one. 
So that would have been fun. Um, you know, not that I have any problem with the cuts either, but it would have been cool to see who in the field is kind of keeping one up their sleeve, so to speak, and, and has some of those skills. So that would have been fun to do. Um, you know, I, I was on the fence about the single. I, I was actually in testing kind of willing to let that one go, but it was the encouragement of not only the demo athletes that we had at that testing, um, but the rest of the staff that was present there that said, no, we, we think we should keep it in. So the, the single lenders you're talking about. Yeah. I, oh, I almost, I, I, like I was them, almost man. willing to, to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tell you, you know, Nick Matthews saved my butt a little bit on that one. <laughs> I just needed one person to finish. <laughs> and the fact that he did was great. That the guy with the hat uh, shirt? And that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, was, yep, yep. he was awesome. Um, and then, you know, right behind him on his heels, we had two other men that, um, you know, Guy uh, Malieros, he, won he finished it as well. He didn't win it. And then uh, Justin Medeiros got up on his third try on the, the low start handstand, uh, but he just didn't have enough time left under the time cap to finish out the handstand walk. But he was there. He was on the descent of the ramp mm -hmm. on the back half. Like he had, he had <clears throat> done the skill at that point. He just, he just ran out of time. Man, so. this, this is one that, you know, not that you want to pay attention to social media, but I think there was more chatter coming at you probably about this than, than some of the other stuff. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of questions about it as well. It's one of my favorite events from the games this year. <laughs> I, it really is. And I'll sit here and defend it as to why. You know, if I had a perfect thing, would I have massaged one or two things? Yeah, sure. But I still loved it. I'm sorry. I loved the cuts. I did. You know, as, <laughs> as I'm sure it's very stressful as a competitor, obviously. But as a fan... I like seeing some drama and things that you don't sure. expect. And I'm yep. sorry when when you've got a champ just sitting on the sideline, you know, with tons of gold medals and and not advancing. Sure, profoundly stressful and frustrating for that athlete. But as a fan, I'm like, ooh, things just got interesting because mm -hmm. she's not yeah. gaining points right now. And other people are. And as a fan, fantastic. So that I liked the cuts. Then well, thanks. And and I'll say that, you know, a big point of this test was not all necessarily the skills themselves but if you think bigger picture you know we have this model of of 10 general physical skills and capacities and the question in my mind is always how do you get enough of a test on the four that are a little bit harder to quantify balance coordination accuracy agility mm -hmm. things like that um and you know those are certainly present in many of the technical movements that you see regularly like a snatch um, et cetera, a wall ball to some degree. Um, but this was really an attempt to try to maximize the test of those elements. Who is most coordinated under pressure? Whose balance is going to hold up when it's on the line and you have to race? Mm -hmm. um, you know, whose agility is going to come through in the moment when the chips are, are down and you, it's do or die? So th that's really what this was an attempt at, was how do we test those elements a little bit more exclusively uh, and not buried under a, a barbell somewhere. Oh man, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I did. And, and all that correct, those neurological components and, and the skill level and the stakes were really high for a mistake. Mm -hmm. Again, as a, a fan, lot of pressure. Yep. I, I loved it. And it was really hard. I don't think people at home yeah. Get that, you know, yeah. my wife went to the games twice as an individual years ago, and she was a D1 gymnast, and she was looking at 
what was going on there with handstand walks and pirouettes and the pegboard. She was like, whoa, like, that's no joke. Like, that's really profoundly difficult. And I was like, you're darn right it is. And I like, yep, I really like, <laughs> I like seeing the athletes frazzled. I'm sorry, I really do. I like to see yep. them be like, ooh, this is no joke. Loved the pegboard difficulty. Loved it going from use your legs to strict. That's so hard. Loved the three different styles of jump rope and that on the single unders and the double unders, if you had a miss, even on the last rep, you had to start back over. Nerve wracking for the athlete. I'm sitting on my couch mm. munching popcorn. So happy about that. <laughs> and then the, the pistols. I, uh. again, love the fact that you're not alternating back and forth, which pistols are hard enough as they are. And alternating back and forth, you can kind of not save a bad rep, but you can get into a nice little rhythm. But if you've got to do 10 on one leg, <laughs> you not only have the fatigue of doing 10 on one leg, but any little hop, skip, or oh, I missed something, you can't like just stand up real quick, get the other foot down and start the other pistol. It raised the stakes again, loved it. Handstand walk course. It that tripped was... some people up too. That I think that was yes. the hidden. Um, loved it. The, the hidden factor that uh, didn't come across on the broadcast quite as, as readily, but um there were multiple athletes that would get five or six reps in, have to toe out, boom, back to zero. I mean, you saw you saw Loved that it. happen with several athletes, um, and it, it was a balance issue straight up. They just mm -hmm. had a hard time at that speed maintaining their balance, and they paid the price for it. I adored it. I adored the pirouette start on on the second round, and that actually, both my wife and I was. Uh, she thought a lot more people were going to struggle with that, and then we watched mm -hmm. the athletes do it. And it was so impressive to see them start like oh. that. So it was, it was cool in a very positive. It's like, wow, a lot of people have that. That's awesome to see. Yeah, it was, it was one of many times over the weekend where it just shows how prepared a lot of these athletes are, even mm -hmm. if they don't believe it themselves. And, and that came across multiple times as the week unfolded, where you would have an event that threw a bit of a curveball. And a lot of the athletes were like, I don't know how this one's going to go. And of course their level of preparation being what it is, they crushed it. And, you know, nobody should be surprised by that, mm -hmm. let alone them. But that's the name of the game. It's the name of the game isn't what can I do that's straight down the pipe and a, a home run pitch for me. The, the name of the game is who can adapt to those little bits and pieces and who really is the most generally physically prepared to take it all on. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was cool to see that time and time again, even when the athletes didn't believe it themselves, uh, they would crush that stuff. It was it was great. And then if they made it to the final round and made it to the handstand part, there was the press to handstand. Then the P-bar yeah. walk. Awesome. A press to handstand. <laughs> so hard. So incredibly hard and amazing. And so now that's all the things that I loved about it. Now, to give you, you know, the critique or somebody's like, ah, you and Adrian yeah, always agree all the me. time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, in the final round, the double under crossovers, while yep. they obviously, no pun intended, tripped up a, a tremendous amount of athletes. I, and again, if I could have put it anywhere, if those, if those remained, if they were at the end of the final round, then that would have given myself as the viewer the opportunity to see far more people see if they could do the press to handstand and then p-bar walk and given the athletes the opportunity to do that as well and then a bunch of people get there and 
do you get one double under crossover? Do you get all 25 and sprint across the finish line? But I really wanted to see more. I wanted to see how many athletes could do that press to handstand. And so not getting mm-hmm. to see a bunch of it, that was the only thing that I was like, ah, oh, I wish I could have seen more. That's yeah, what, that's what thing I got to say, I was a little surprised at how many athletes could not do the, uh, the double under crossovers. I, I mean, that was something I haven't that... tried it yet. I should probably grab a rope and just, you know, I'd slash myself up with yeah. it, but I haven't tried yet. I, I was very surprised that that was as difficult for those, for those athletes as it was. Um, to me, that skill is not that hard, but, um, you, you know, know again, it's a different situation, different under pressure, sure. different when you're fatigued from other events that morning, like, I totally get it, but I was surprised that that was kind of the uh, the real stop factor for a I, lot of them. I can't remember the episode that it was, but we did a VNR show about undercoached or underutilized movements. And now yep. that you say that, I specifically, you actually mentioned the jump rope and you said something like, mm-hmm. everyone does singles and double unders and man, there's so much more you can do with the jump rope if you want to hit coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance. And it was one sentence and it went on. So now it's kind of interesting yeah. that that actually played out, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, elevated Elizabeth. So good old oh, Elizabeth. That was a fun one. As it should be done with squat cleans. And then, you know what I really liked about this one? The P-bars were cool, for sure, with the traverse. And that brought me back to... Um, you know, my younger days, you know, the Bud's obstacle course starts with this traverse oh, up, yeah. up on the up bars just like that as well. You don't have to do dips at the end. You then run off sure. the other stuff. But that traverse and that shimmy, I was like, oh, I remember that shimmy. Uh, <laughs> I loved the fact, again, this is just my personal preference and bias. I loved the fact that these games level athletes, which are obnoxiously fit, they're so amazing. They did it with the same loading that you and I would do. Tagged a couple sets mm-hmm. of nine on the end, but it didn't have to be extra heavy to make them work really hard. And this was one of those events that I was like, that's a no joke time cap right there. Like you better yes. be hustling. Intentionally. Yeah, I'm sure. And what also popped into my uh, vision and mind that I hope some people at home also keyed up on is, hey, you've got games athletes. Um using a 135 or a 95 pound barbell on a, on a, yeah, I know there's two extra sets of nine. So, but on, you know, what's really close to a 21, 15, nine workout. And the majority aren't doing touch and goes. There's a whole lot of quick singles happening because there's a lot of quote unquote regular folks that feel like if it's a 21, 15, nine couplet, that always has to be this unbroken blitz. And it's like, no, even really upper end athletes at a loading that you and I would use, if they're not doing touch and goes, well, that you can be darn sure that I'm not doing touch <laughs> and goes on, on squat clean lizard. So it was really cool to see them use the same loading that I would use in my garage. Of course, they you know blitz the time and it was a more difficult workout. But I really enjoyed that, that the loading stayed the same and you just had to, you had to move if you wanted to make that time cap. Yeah, for sure. And that was intentional. You know, I thought about doing that one a little bit heavier. Yeah, but then I kept coming back to the drawing board as to why. I thought, okay, this is a moderate load. For those guys, it's certainly light. Let mm-hmm. them prove it. And I was actually surprised at how many people did do singles for that reason. Like, if you want to finish that in the time cap that was given, you really had to motor on the barbell work. That was 
that was just the non-negotiable that you had to crush mm-hmm. that aspect of it, especially with the other end of it being a little bit more unknown and the potential to kind of blow up in, in the sense that you could blow up on like a, a muscle up, for example, like once it goes away, it's going to be a while before it comes back. Um, you know, you had to be able to understand your body well enough on that end to, to do it well. Um, but that was the whole point was, okay, you saying to me that this is quote light, prove it. Let's see it. Let's, let's mm-hmm. see you go for it. Um, and, and some, I like the some athletes rose to it and some didn't. Yeah. The, I think too. one of the announcers mentioned, because you, it may not be obvious to the viewer at home, but some, one of the announcers mentioned, if I have my numbers correct, that by the end of the event, all the P-bar traversing added up to about 150 feet. That's yeah. I think Chase mentioned field. that. Yeah, that's not insignificant. Yep. No joke. <laughs> yeah, no joke. That's a big, big yep. deal. So that was cool. And it and it it really takes it out of your uh, your triceps, like to remain locked out and to you know push yourself along. Uh, it it it's a smoker. Well, and again, moving well is going to pay off. You saw people yep. that had some sort of gymnastics background. And they had a beautiful little using the rhythm of their body to help propel yep. them forward. And then. Other people were, you know, exerting themselves a lot more. So it was cool. Well, and actually having done that one. So I did the, uh, the age group version of that when we were at testing week, um, and we were done for the day, Todd Widman and I, uh, and other people did too, but yeah, Todd and I went, uh, kind of head to head and did the, um, age group version, which was just 21, 15, nine squat cleans, and then seven, five, three traverses, no dips. Okay. And even with just that traverse, I mean, you are lit up by the end of it. And I'll tell you what was um, surprising to me, and, and I'm relatively familiar with that uh, as an element. Um, my trunk was lit up. Hmm. Like my abs were smoked after that. Uh, just having to stabilize yourself and control your body. Uh, I was really surprised actually at how much of a toll that took on the trunk. Interesting. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that as well. The weather didn't. Uh you know, do you any favors that day? So you had a bump at event one day you did. It kind of did though. Oh, in the, in the hindsight the, 2020. Yeah. The, the silver lining was that, you know, if it was raining, we were going to do a modified version, uh, with push presses. I don't think it would have been nearly the same effect. So, mm. it, you know, the, the saving grace of having a lightning storm roll through that we had to shut down the campus. It's like, well, at least now we can do this as intended and comma, the athletes are going to be relatively fresh in the sense that they didn't have anything before or after that event. So they could really right. throw themselves into it. So it, you know, in the scheme of things, I mean, you never want for a weather delay like that, but it worked out pretty well, all things considered. Gave the fans something on August 4th to get out there and watch, which there is There you cool. go. Uh, that was yep. the shuttle to overhead. And that was yep. with a just... It's one of my... One of my favorite events. Just a wow, a 300-pound barbell for the women, uh, men, a 200 for the women. You had yep. these blocks of time in which you had to run, and then in the remaining time, get as many jerks as you could. First one is a yep. two-minute window, run a 400, max jerks in time remaining. You get a minute rest. Then in a three-minute window, 600-meter run, max jerks in time remaining. A very short two-minute rest. I probably feels like a bliss buy for the athletes. And the final thing is in a four minute window, run 800 meters, max jerks in time remaining. And this is just a, 
That's a classic heavy day at a high heart rate, you know, run fast, lift heavy. I absolutely, I loved this one as well. I was so impressed with the athlete's capacity. And correct me if I'm yep. wrong, um, but the scoring on this, the run counted, right? Okay, I yep. like that. 100 I points like for the that. fastest runner and 100 points for most lifts. I like so that. So you, you could do a couple of things. Number one, if you truly were looking to be on the podium, you had to maximize your opportunities in both and, and therefore be very, very well-rounded. And we did see that. We saw uh, you know, Tia and Ricky Garrard uh, both scored really well in both elements, which I think is so impressive mm -hmm. to be among the fastest runners and among the most um, absolutely the most reps. I mean, that's crazy range. So that was one thing. And then it also gave the opportunity to some people that knew they were going to have a weakness somewhere. It's like, okay, well, I can sell the farm yeah. trying to get the run score or trying to get the lift score, whatever, whichever end of the spectrum favored them. Um, but to me, this is like so classic CrossFit. It's like it's not enough to just be the, the house that can lift that barbell all day long. It's not yep. enough to be the little waif that can just blitz on the run uh, but can't lift anything. Um, you got to have it all. Uh, and it, this is an event particularly that I, I, I encourage everybody to try a version of this <laughs> yes. on your own. Like figure out a weight that you're comfortable putting over your head mark out some some run courses and do a version of this workout because what those guys were doing out there i think was totally lost on some of the spectators as to just how difficult oh, yeah. it is to run to run an uncomfortable 800 i mean we're not talking pr pace but an uncomfortable 800 into like a 90% plus lift mm -hmm. for reps the demand of that is I mean, it's it's crazy how how capable they were. I fully um, agree. It was, uh, and I love the fact that if you wanted to do well, like really well, like you're saying, like take a shot at the podium, well, you couldn't sandbag either. You couldn't use the run nope. as a quote unquote comfortable time to recover for the barbell. You had to exert yourself nope. on both. No time. Uh, no time for that. I, I just I love things that make the monostructural parts matter. I, I really yeah. do, because so often it's easy to have those be the the time that I'm going to regain myself so I can show the world I'm a barbell hero, which is is fun to watch yep. as well. But I like I like seeing it matter. So that was a really cool event. And they're just so strong. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, it's funny. I, I was very on a personal level. I was really proud of of uh, just the time that we put into crafting this one, because I was saying it all the way up. You know, there was people that were concerned, ah, maybe it's too heavy. Maybe we should let them get more reps. Maybe we should do this or that. Maybe extend the time caps a little bit, whatever. And I was really staunch about this one because I knew that we had tested it a ton. Mm -hmm. um, and I was calling it all week. I said, 20 reps wins this thing. If, if you can get 20 mm. reps, you win. And on the men's side, um, Jeff Adler got was 19. Was it Adler? Yeah. Jeez, yep. that guy's he a got 19. beast. And on the women, uh, Tia got it at 18. So I was like right there on my prediction. Um, so I was really happy about that, that it worked out about the way I thought it would. I'd, uh, I could have got you 20 with an empty barbell. That's about it. It was incredible. <laughs> I'll tell you what was really fun. Early in the week, we had the judges rehearsal. This was on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember which day, like before competition started. And we were out there rehearsing and they were taking the field as judges. And then we had mock athletes and we had a, a heat of of mock athletes as judges and it was a bunch of male judges 
and they did the first 400 and then they were lifting the 200 pound bar. Um, so they were using the women's weights mm-hmm. after that 400 and they all came off of that first round just looking at me like, this is, we are smoked. You, you mean you want me to do it again? Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was, it's great. As, as is so often the case, it's the best of the best in almost any sport that make it look easy. And oh, you, you don't, you don't, you just don't. Yep. Luckily, being a crosser, you get an idea that you're like, oh, what's on the bar? Yeah. Oh, what was the run pace? Yep. But if you're unfamiliar with it, you're just like, oh, it looks like they went for a jog and did some shoulder press. And it's like, no, nope, right. no. Nope. I, I cannot emphasize enough how I think everybody should try a version of this workout. And it's really easy to set up. Don't worry about a time cap. All you do is have the distances four, six, eight. Mm-hmm. And if you're concerned that you can't make that time cap, fine, don't worry about it. Run those distances and then give yourself between 30 and 45 seconds to get reps once your run is done. And just run it that way and see what the effect is because it is hard, hard, hard work. Enjoy the experience. Yeah. Then we move on to August 5th, which by the way, this one, I uh, mean, Talk about a beautiful event, the Capitol. That oh, was yeah. that Came was off a, great. Yeah, that was a beautiful event. Not only not only do I like the event because I'm just a fan of grunt work, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. I'm a fan of uh a run that's longer than anybody wants to do. But it <laughs> it was so visually beautiful to watch as a spectator. Yeah. It, it played so well and ending on the Capitol steps. It with the crowd everywhere. It was, it was a great event on so many levels. So if anyone's unfamiliar with unfamiliar Thanks. with it, call it the Capitol. It's for time twenty pig flips at a casual three hundred and fifty pounds for the women, five hundred and ten for the men. Do twenty of those, then go ahead, run three and a half miles um, with the fittest people in the world chasing you. So your pace is faster than you want it to be. Then you're going to do some Jerry bag carries. For 200 meters, which is, again, longer Mm. than you want to do a farmer's carry. And those bags weigh 70 pounds in each hand for the women, 100 pounds in each hand for the men. You finally finish that. Bear in mind, you did the pig flips, the run, and now the the farmer's carry. And you have this, am I saying it right, Husafeld? Yep, the Husafeld stone, yeah. The Husafeld carry. So the Husafeld stone is this very world-famous stone in, in the strongman world, and it was mimicked with a bag that had to be mm-hmm. carried in like a front bear hug sort of a position, and that bag weighed 150 pounds for the women and 200 pounds for the men, and they had to end with a 200-meter carry up a flight of stairs. Talk <laughs> about a long, <laughs> grueling... And, and again, I, we spoke about it... Um, earlier where there's you can show me that you're strong without having a barbell in your hand you weren't going to do well at this at this event and be weak that's for darn sure but you also had to have legs and lungs for that three and Mm -hmm. a half mile run at the end so i i really enjoyed this one on a whole bunch of levels so very very well done that was my take as a fan of programming and as an observer what was your take on the event um, it came off so well. I mean, I was really, really excited about this one. Uh, you know, as soon as we got the green light that yes, we could do it. I was like, Oh, man, this is, you know, I just we got to get this one right. So same thing. We tested all the elements a lot. We, we mocked it up. We couldn't do the actual course. 
right. just due to the logistics of it until race day. So that was a little bit anxiety inducing. We did our best to mock it up around the Alliant Energy Center in testing. We did our best to test each of the elements on their own so that we'd have an accurate idea of what the totality was going to be. Um, but it was a bit of a nerve wracking race in the sense that we'd never done it actually until it was time to go. So that was a little bit hairy, a little anxiety inducing, uh, but it came off great. And I think the real um, hidden gem in this is the stairs. Uh, I think stairs and hills are elements that are so underrated, both in training and testing fitness, um, that when you can use them, you should. I think there's so much utility and it's so different than just going in a straight line horizontally, like that Amen. vertical displacement. It is a huge game changer. Um, and I mean, you saw that. You saw some people navigate those stairs pretty well. You saw some people really struggle with that once it was uh, time to finish. And what was um, what was the woman's name that came in at the end uh, there? Rebecca, the whole crowd rallied around her. Yeah. Rebecca Fusilier. Oh, or Fusilier. That, that image yeah. will be one of the most iconic yeah. images, period. It was awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the, the community is so supportive. I mean, that was evident right there. Um, it was crazy. I mean, that, that whole, yeah, everything about that was, was really, really crazy um, in <laughs> the, the best heck, possible way. The heck with the whole event. This is another one uh, that we just talked about forever. The heck with the whole event. I mean, the pig flips are hard enough. A three and a half mile yeah. run that pace is hard enough. The farmer's carry. Just the well, that, last. Let's, event. let's stop there, though. The last part that, is so miserable that he, a bear <laughs> hug at that loading for that distance <laughs> after all of that work. Oh man! Well, that's the, the interesting thing about that workout is that the pig is heavy. The pig is hard. You know, if you've ever kind of had your hands on one of those, it's like that's no joke to flip one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty heavy, and that kind of gets buried because it was so early in the event. Mm -hmm. But like twenty of those is is that'll <laughs> light you up for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and then what I think on the other end of that that's kind of interesting is how that weight of bag, both in the Jerry's and the Husafel for those competitors, is not really that heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, like you look at it on paper and it's, I mean, a farmer's carry with 100 pounds in each hand, that's not that crazy. But the distance that they had to travel with it is what made it so difficult. Um, yes, And sir. like a great, great example, if you go back to 2021... We did an event that was uh, rope climb, ski erg, and a 200-pound, 150-pound Husafel carry. And it was just one length of the field. And, I mean, they were literally picking it up and sprinting with it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, the drop, they would gain 10 feet because they just had so much momentum. Uh, that, that is not a heavy weight for those competitors, but under those conditions for that distance, it's a completely different ballgame. 100%. Again, there's so many yeah. different ways that you can massage or manipulate a workout yeah. that isn't just making the loading heavier. You know, we talked about right. time caps. Yep. Now we're talking about increased distance, like keep loading the same increased distance. There's, mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of different dials that you can, you can uh, do. All right, next one on August 5th. Yeah, and this... Oh, good. Up and over. Well, I was just going to say that 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 was another deliberately generous time cap. There, in fact, mm. there was no time cap um, because it was important that everybody get the full dose of that 
so that nobody's at a greater advantage mm -hmm. uh, because they got cut halfway through it. And, you know, let's say that you got cut uh, somewhere out on the track. You never even got to the Husafel stone. Oh, I right. mean, that's a big advantage coming Your into the central next nervous system does not feel the oh, same yeah. as everybody else's. Yep. For and sure. so leading into this next one, the, the whole setup here was, and you know, this, I think if you're a sophisticated fan of this sort of thing and programming in general, you can't just look at the test or the workout itself. You have to look at how does it fit with everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and so the big picture here was like, okay, let's get everybody to a state of pretty significant fatigue and then who can recover and be athletic two hours later? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one thing to attack this kind of athletic work when you're fresh, you know, muscle ups and jumping over things and trying to do that efficiently. Um, but when you have just had a grinder of a work workout and you get bust back to the facility and they say, all right, champ, you're up in an hour. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a different scenario. Yep. So that was really the, the, the test within the test here was who can be totally exhausted recover quick enough and be an athlete and that i think we saw that and that that event that you're talking about entitled up and over anyone's unfamiliar mm -hmm. with it three rounds for time 12 ring muscle ups 25 jump overs and an elevated log 30 ghd sit-ups and then once you finished that three rounder you ended with an 84 foot weighted lunge that was with 125 pound axle bar for the women and 185 pound axle bar for the men Great event, simple, got the barbell at the end there, gymnastics work, and, uh, you know, big sets of, you know, for maybe not for these athletes, but all things considered, yes, three sets of 12 is no joke on the ring muscle-ups there, three sets of 30 in the GHD, you're going to notice that, especially at intensity when you're dropping the hammer under an event like this, but those jump-overs, they were cool because I think initially if somebody just saw them and it was explained like, oh, you're just going to kind of boing, 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 bunny hop over this log every now and then. like. But you saw the pace slow down significantly for a lot. And I think it's another one of those things where they're tougher than they look and they're more taxing than they look. And then they hit you metabolically. You're, you're using your posterior chain, your calves to jump over this thing repeatedly. And then those are the same legs and posterior chain and midline you're going to need from the sit-ups and all that. You've got this lunge waiting for you at the end. None of that stuff's <laughs> making that feel any lighter. I really like it. Well, the, and the sneaky, thanks. This is one of my favorite events, actually. And, it, you know, it, it had a little bit less bombast, mm -hmm. so to speak, than some of the others. But um, I really loved the way this one came together. And it was a fast race. You had to keep your foot on the pedal. And it was that middle set that really separated most people, um, you know, who could hang on in the middle set. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, like the getting over the log thing, to your point, it's uh, it's a pretty efficient movement when you're good at it. But if you're not, you're going to pay the price. And then secondarily, a lot of athletes, um, both in testing and on game day, um, you know, I chat with them here and there and they said, you know, I was really surprised at how much it took out of my arms mm. when I got back to the muscle up, that, that kind of pulling up and over even though it was assisted with the legs and even though it wasn't the right. make or break of the movement, that repeated action, when they got back to the muscle-ups, they're like, oh, that's different. That's unexpected. I let, Yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable event. And on August 5th, what we ended the day with, a little something called the Echo Press, which is, it was oh, just a, I love that event. a series of calories on the Echo Bike, which by the way, ended on the echo bike as well so you know that people are just going to go full send which is always enjoyable to see but then 
the handstand push-ups. And we did see. And we did see the handstand push-ups, which were Shout sprinkled. Shout out to Tim Paulson. <laughs> yes. Sprinkled in there as well. Uh, it was done on a block. They were strict. And it was with your stomach facing the wall instead of your back facing the wall, which is what we traditionally see. And what was interesting is I remember watching this event with my wife, again, who's a former gymnast. When she heard the event get announced, she's like, oh, she's like, that's interesting. She's like, in gymnastics, she goes, that's the only way that we do handstand pushups. We don't do them mm-hmm. with our back to the wall. You do them nose to the wall. And I was like, oh, good luck with that. So and, and so what was the uh, <laughs> what was the thought process behind that one? Well, there were a, a couple of thought processes. Thought process number one, and I was actually just on with the, the Power Monkey guys, and, and I, I was telling them the same thing. Um, you know, I think competitors sometimes lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish by choosing a movement for, for a test. Um, you know, in competition, you have to have it codified enough that it can be consistent across the board um, and that it's fair and all those things. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best expression of that movement. And Mm, so mm -hmm. in training, you should always, in my opinion, be looking for what is the truest, best expression of this thing. And, you know, the truest, best expression of a handstand pushup is not me trying to maximize my leverage and minimize the range of motion and go up and down 50 times really fast. It is, can I do this? freestanding to a deficit without having to balance on my head, without taking the weight off my arms. Mm-hmm. Can I control that? Can I control my body through space? And the amount of strength and control it takes to do that is pretty remarkable. And so the question then is, how do you create something that gets you closer to that than we have been in the past? Um, and, and that's what it, the goal really was, was try to take the essence of the best example of the movement and how do we get closer to that in competition? Not just how do we make it something that people have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a big one. Uh, and then kind of more broadly, when this th- I started pairing the movements up together, I, I kept thinking back to an old Greg Glassman kind of story quote that runs through my mind quite regularly. And he used to say something along the lines of, you know, when you get the big guy in class that comes up to you afterwards and says, hey, there was too much little guy stuff in that workout. It was totally skewed in favor of the little guy. And you're like, okay, cool story. And then the little guy comes up to you uh, on his own, you know, independently and says, hey, there's too Mm -hmm. much big guy stuff in this (laughs) workout. It was totally advantage to that guy. He was, you know, able to catch up on the bike or whatever. And when both of those people within the span of the same in this case, test, have that to say about it. You're like, okay, I think we're on to something. And, and that is, again, this is another relatively proud moment for me. In that first heat of men, the body types that were racing at the finish were so different. You saw um, Colton Mertens, who's the mm-hmm. smallest man in the men's division, racing against a guy named Andre Houdet, who's a very big, very tall athlete. He actually, he's from Denmark. And he played on uh, the Danish national American football team. Oh, wow. I believe. So he's like a big dude. And they were neck and neck through the whole event. Mertens would pull away on the handstand push-ups. Houdet would catch him on the bike. And that progressed all the way through the event until it was a final sprint out on the bike where Mertens was just ahead of him. And I can't remember. Who, I don't even remember who came across the line <laughs> right. first. But it was such a close race. And the, the, the range of body types that... Um, you know, were, were present there was just uh, really cool to see. So 
yeah, and that again, was a fun just one. another as a viewer, another cool monkey wrench thrown towards the athletes on a movement that most of them feel probably really comfortable with. And now there's a spin on it. And yeah. I like that. I think that's I just like mm -hmm. those little twists. So that was cool. Yeah. We move into the weekend, Saturday, August 6th. Oh, yeah. Rinse and repeat, hitting the pool. Every two minutes, you've got to do a 50-yard swim. Then you got eight calories on the ski erg. However, of course, it's just not that simple. Add two calories every round, four, six rounds. And then if you make it that far, complete as many calories as possible for round seven and eight. That sounds appropriately miserable. <laughs> yes. And I would encourage everybody, we posted this on the main site as the workout of the day, Friday night, going into Saturday, once the, uh, the test had been announced. And, um, you know, obviously not everybody's got access to a pool and a ski erg that they can put on the pool deck, but mm -hmm. there's a dry land version that was posted that is just running and burpees. And I would encourage any of you to give this one a shot. It's so simple. It's a great one to keep in the back pocket if you're on a camping trip or, you know, vacation or whatever. It doesn't take any equipment. Um, and it gets tough in a hurry. This is another one that Todd Widman and I um, had a chance to test. We went in for the final pool check on Friday night. Uh, and, you know, we talked to some of the technical guys there and made sure the setup was what it was supposed to be. And uh, we just kind of looked at each other and we said, you want to and he said, yeah. And I said, okay, let's go. And so we shirts off, no warm up, straight in on the first round. Nice. And I tell you, we finished that first round and we looked at each other and we, we just thought, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh, and it catches up quick. So oh, it really sure. highlights, really highlights who is comfortable swimming. Because if you are not comfortable swimming, you are going to be so blown up by the time you get back to the ski erg. It's going to be really difficult for you to continue meeting the bell. If you're smooth in the water, you'll get out and you'll pass that part mm -hmm. of the test, no problem. And then it's all about who's got the guts at the finish. Um, but it really does highlight who's put the time in the, at the pool, um, which I certainly, that's a huge, on a personal level, I'm a terrible swimmer. I need a lot more work there. And comfortable in the water can mean a couple different things, right? I've got some... yeah some swimming mm -hmm. in my background. And there's people who could be good swimmers, very technique is on point and all that. And there's a different sort of comfort level in the water where you don't mind jumping in the water when you're already hyperventilating, yes. burying your face in the water, borderline panic breathing, and still getting the job done. Mm -hmm. That's another type of comfort level in the water. And I think there was a nice mixture of both in this. It's like you yeah. had to be a proficient swimmer but it also really benefited you to be comfortable in the water when you couldn't catch your breath. I mean, it was very cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was important. This was an all division test. It was the first time we've ever done um, a test like this, where everybody at the CrossFit games did exactly the same thing. Nice. Men, women, adaptive athletes, age group athletes, team athletes, they all did the same thing. And, you know, there's some pretty cool stories that are starting to emerge from that. Um, so it's fun to do. And I, I, that was one of the most impressive moments of the weekend for me was you know, seeing the top men and women and, and the teams on their second to final round. So they had just finished an all out max calorie effort on the, on the ski erg with their time remaining. Every single one of them was maximizing their time. They would go right until the, the beep 
And then without hesitation, basically from the C2 platform, not even the edge of the pool deck, they were just right back in the water. No hesitation. I thought, That's wow. Awesome. You know, That's impressive. It, it, it really was. I mean, just fearless and fit and gritty. I mean, it was it was so cool to see that. The things that you do in competition. Hey, there are points on the line. Man. Yep. So we went from that to a workout entitled Hat Trick, short and sharp. Yep. This was three rounds for total time. And there's going to be a four-minute rest between each round. And one round was you sprint to the wall ball station, you do 20 wall ball shots, and then six dumbbell snatches. And for the listener at home or the viewer, you're like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. A run to the wall ball station, only 20 reps, which, by the way, once again, wasn't with a heavier ball. It was with the ball that most of us use, 20 pounds for the men, 14 for the women. The twist there was a higher target. 12 feet for the men, which I would have to get a rocket and go into orbit to hit that. <laughs> 11 feet for the women. So you do 20 wall balls like that. And again, in a short, sharp sprint, in my opinion, a mistake's going to be real costly. So your accuracy is going to, you have to be that on point. And then six dumbbell snatches, 70-pound dumbbell for the women, 100-pound dumbbell for the men, and those were below parallel one-arm squat snatches. So short and sharp was me looking at this, and mistakes were costly. What was rolling through your head with the hat trick? Yeah, that's the whole point. There was no single element that you could win it on this particular test. You know, the run wasn't long enough that you could really separate yourself. But if you didn't get there fast enough, it was really hard to catch up somewhere mm -hmm. else. The wall ball, same thing, you know, 20 reps for those competitors, they're all doing that unbroken. There's no question that you, you will do that set unbroken. But if you have a miss or a no rep in there at any point, it's very hard to catch up. And then same thing on the dumbbell. Um, you know, it's only six reps. There's not a lot of time. And you have to be so precise with the squat snatch with a dumbbell, especially a heavy dumbbell like that, mm -hmm. that if you miss, you're going to get passed by two or three of your competitors just for that one mistake. And so, again, a really pressure style event where the highlight wasn't so much on strength or stamina, but certainly power, accuracy, flexibility, um, coordination. You know, if you lacked any of those things for a second in this workout, it was going to cost you. And, and that was really what I wanted to draw out was how do you hammer those elements and, and make that uh, at the forefront. It's always fun to watch as a spectator where the pace is go. That's yes, the pace. Yes, has to be. Has to be full send, go. And ideally, like seeing riding that line where I'm at the razor's edge, where yep. I, I hit the wall ball target every time. If I was going slower, somebody pulled ahead. If I'm going faster, I miss it. But I am, I am leaving it all out there. Then you can't jog to the dumbbell you to get nope. there because two seconds is a huge deal in this workout so it was cool i well and I enjoyed and then it. and then you have to you get to be perfect three times right mm -hmm. so it's not enough to be to have a good run you have to be able to repeat that run two more times so a lot of pressure in this event a lot of pressure to be really really skillful on on these things that you know every competitor can do them but who can be flawless under the under the highest degree of pressure and there were some folks that, you know, I saw miss a wall ball, which is about yep. two seconds, you know, roughly. And yep. the, that one miss, two seconds is a big deal. It's like, oh, they missed a wall ball. Like that's, yep. that's going to add up right there. So it was cool. Yep.
the final event on August 6th. <laughs> a little oh, something man. entitled the sandbag Oof. ladder so for anyone who's oh. unfamiliar with it it's just like it sounds you've probably heard barbell ladders snatch ladders clean ladders you're basically a a strength test if you will this is a one rep max sandbag starts in the ground get it onto your shoulder for the women the lightest bag was 160 pounds and they went all the way up to 250 for the men, it started at 240 and ended, well, the last one out there initially was 340, <laughs> but some guys were pretty strong and bumped that up a little bit. But that, I've got thoughts on it, but I'll let you start with this one, the sandbag ladder. I knew we had something when we did this in testing a few times, and um, we tested it at Rogue, and then we tested it again on site early pre-competition. And, you know, whenever we go and test, there's there's people around in the sense that we have, for example, you know, there's some signage um, staff that are working on some things and there's medical staff that Takes are kind of hanging out. Yeah, exactly. There's other athletes that are not necessarily involved directly in that test, but they're, they're hanging out or getting warmed up for what's to come. Um, and so you always have like a collection of people that aren't directly involved, but are there. And both times that we did this, no matter what everybody else had going on, slowly but surely... <laughs> They would all collect in a semicircle around what was happening and they would stop whatever else they were doing. They'd be totally focused on this thing. And before you know it, they would all be cheering and encouraging and, you know, just without any sort of prompting. Uh, and I thought, man, this as a spectacle is really something. And I think it's totally legitimate as a test because this more than any other event during the week proved, in my opinion, how prepared these athletes are. And, and again, even when they didn't feel themselves that they could be successful, their level of fitness rose to the top. There were plenty of them that came up and said, hey, during warm-up, I was struggling. Like on the men's side, for example, they're like, I, I was struggling with the 250. And then I hit 320 out on the competition floor. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, the level of preparation that these guys have, even when they get thrown something that they're totally unfamiliar with, um, it rises up. And it shows through. And that, that's exactly what this was meant to highlight in it. And it did. So very, very happy with the way this one came across. I dug it. Sandbags are yeah. fun. And I've got a sandbags up to 250 pounds in my garage. And as I told you before we clicked on the video, the 250-pound sandbag, <laughs> I only move that to, to get like the leaf blower behind it and blow the dust out. Then I roll it back against the wall. Um, you know, I can, I can lap the 250 pound sandbag but it's not going anywhere other, anywhere other than that period end of story yeah. uh, i've got the 200 pound sandbag on my shoulder once in my life and i almost shot my spine into orbit like it was just not <laughs> it was beyond my bike capacity it was uh, negligent on my part uh, the 150 <laughs> i use regularly and it's really heavy really heavy but i can you know i use i can use the 150 for ground to shoulder so i'm not to cut out the gentleman hey gentlemen i watched you you were great Tip of the cap. I have to chat about the women. I'm sorry. Yeah. I sat on my Don't couch, be. comfortably eating my dinner, watching this event go down with my jaw on the floor. Again, because I know what these sandbags feel like specifically because I have them in my garage. And yeah. all of the women were so impressive, but I've got to give shout outs to two specifically. First of all, 
Danny Spiegel's one of the strongest human beings on the face of the earth. Like that, I, the, <laughs> no joke. Oh, uh, yeah. My Unreal. goodness. The, yeah. I don't want to use the word ease, but that's all I can do. The ease with which she opened her hip and got that from the front lap bear hug to her shoulder, she just like popped it up there. Like it uh, almost crazy. never looked like a struggle, which is insane. So, Danny, wow. Um, now you can help me out here if you remember. I can't remember the uh, young woman who was going head to head with her up until the very end. Ja Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Okay, if she does yep. not have like an athlete shirt made, hopefully this isn't uh, offensive. She should. It should be like an ant. Is can't an ant lift like ten times its body weight or a hundred yeah. times its body yeah, weight? Yeah. She, the you know, she's obviously strong, obviously, but. If you just looked at everybody, you wouldn't be like, oh, this person's going to battle to the end and lift this bag. The weight of the bag that she got up and every time she got one, I'm like, oh, this is the last one. It's not going to go up. <laughs> yep. And the fight in that woman, the fight, she would wrestle and inch it up and get it to her shoulder time and time again. It's like, I can't believe she's advancing. And she kept going. She was so impressive. To oh, me. absolutely. And that battle between her and Danny, it was awesome. So I, I, I loved watching it personally. Yeah. And, and that was what it was all about. And I think that that visceral nature that you just described where everybody can understand, even if they haven't done that specifically, they get how much time there is from picking the bag up to actually finally getting it on the shoulder. I mean, it's, you know, this is a 20 second effort <laughs> yes. all out. Um, like you, you understand that struggle. It's, it's crazy. And I think that was one thing that might've been missed just a little bit was the cumulative effect of, I mean, the top lifters in that particular event, they all put in eight, nine, 10 attempts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I said this before to somebody else, you know, the average CrossFitter, hey, just spend a session where you get warmed up really well and you start approaching like 90% of your one rep max deadlift and you just deadlift that once every three or four minutes for an hour. Right. And, and let me know how you're feeling at the end of it and then take that feeling and say, all right, instead of just a deadlift, you've got this effort that's probably three to five times as long every single time you put your hands on the bar. We're not talking like a three, four second lift. We're talking like a 20 second all out. And you do that 10 times in a row. I mean, the, the, it's, it's a completely different kind of fitness where you can keep coming back and meeting the bell for something like that. I mean, it's, uh, again, so impressive that, that these guys could just rise to it. They must have slept like the dead that night afterward. Their, <laughs> cent their central nervous system just had the time under tension and every muscle yeah. in your body is yep. engaged in that. It probably felt like they wrestled a bear in the woods in a fight for their yeah. life. You know, <laughs> like it was, mm -hmm. it was crazy. So that was, that was awesome. And that would bring us to the final day of competition the alpaca. Sadly, mm. we didn't get to see the rope climbs in that due to some weather, but we had sleds, we had kettlebell clean and jerks when you were loading and unloading the sleds. It was awesome as it was. I obviously wish that I would have been able to see the rope climbs as well, but Mother Nature yeah, didn't, uh, didn't um, cooperate because it's just a really cool combination of movements there. Um, 
And the kettlebells were 32 kilograms for the gentlemen and a pair of uh, 24s for the women. So what, you know, we didn't get to see this event in its full splendor, uh, splendor because of the rope climbs, but it still went off quite well. You as the programmer mm. then seeing a modified version of it go down, what was going through your head? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I kind of had the insider knowledge that when we tested this, the rope climbs weren't the most significant element, although they were hard. And I think they were something people would focus on mm-hmm. uh, on paper. But the hardest part about this was the kettlebell work. That was always the longest portion of it. It was really binary on the rope climb. If you had the rope climb, you'd get through it. And the longest time was on the kettlebells, bar none. If you didn't have the rope climb, well, that's a different story. It's going to stop you and, mm-hmm. and there you go. But um, I don't think too many of those competitors would have been stopped by it, uh, even though it would have added more time and, and difficulty and all that. Um, so I was disappointed that we didn't get to do it. But, it, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was the right call for safety and consistency right. and all those things. So I, I don't regret making that decision. Um, although, of course, in a perfect world, we, we would have done them. Sure. Uh, but it opens the door for next time. You know, the rope climb standard was meant to be a little bit more challenging in the sense that you had to climb up and climb down. And so that's out in the wild now. And anybody that shows up next year and, and doesn't have that as part of their repertoire, I mean, you, you, you blew it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that's out there. Um, and then I really like the concept that I was trying to convey uh, and that I don't see happen that often. You know, people push sleds around all the time. That's cool. But to me, the utility of the sled being able to put something that you're going to use later. So you put something like a dumbbell, like a sandbag, like a mm-hmm. kettlebell in the sled and you push it somewhere and then do something with that thing that you just pushed around. That's the real concept here. And that concept has so much variability that's possible that now that it's again, kind of introduced, mm-hmm. um, there's a world of stuff that you can play with, with the kind of, um, you know, take your toys with you approach. And just at the end of the day, sleds are fun. They're really hard. Yep and yep. really useful they're also really fun and anything which is a variation on a movement that we traditionally do like a lot of people are quite familiar with clean and jerking a barbell and even just throwing a set of dumbbells in somebody's hand for a clean and jerk and doing grace with dumbbells yep. is a game changer then you know you can do that with kettlebells as well so that that bit of variance and the the single arm work you know or, or you know um the it was just really not single arm but like you know you don't have that closed chain, so to speak, from the from the barbell. Really loved it. Thought it was really cool. Yeah. The back nine. <laughs> These final two events, my friend, I was glued, yeah, you like those ones? I was glued <laughs> to the television. Glued <laughs> to the television. So the back nine, uh, you know, the sandbag ladder was such a cool strength test, like obviously bias too heavy. And the back nine as well was just really enjoyable, visually pleasing. And the loadings of it, borderline, again, obnoxious, and but appropriate for those <laughs> athletes. And then also what I liked was you can't dilly-dally. Like the time domains, no. you only got a couple minutes out there on yeah. the floor. So anyone who's unfamiliar with it, it was a yoke carry to a barbell, two front squats. That barbell's on the floor, by the way. Then walk to a bar, three deadlifts, walk back to the other barbell, two front squats, grab the yoke again carried back to where you began the yoke 485 pounds for the women uh 665 for the men front squats 215 for the women 315 for the men and the deadlift 315 pounds for the women 475 
for the men. And once again, this is just something I've got a yoke that actually is in my side yard next to my shed, it stays outside. And so, you know, I get to carry a yoke every now and then. And, um, and I've loaded the yoke to 500 pounds and it's uh, really, 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 really heavy. And so 665 for the men, and I'm certainly not comparing myself to a games athlete, but watching the women move 485 and knowing what 500 pounds feels like on my 190 pound body, I was like, whoa, there's some strong yeah. human beings out there. So this was Absolutely. a really, really cool event. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one too. It was a great race. And, um, you know, it really gave people an opportunity that could to separate themselves. And then the pack kind of fought it out in the middle. But uh, I mean, when Willie George from, from France, <laughs> he came out early in one of the early heats, it might have been the first heat even. He said, it I was think like it might have been the first heat. A minute, 29 seconds or something like that. I thought, well, that's going to be the winner. And then Jeff Adler came out and got him in like a minute 15. I was like, wow, <laughs> did not expect that. Uh, so those guys were incredible. And it, it made some, for some really great races too. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that the heaviest deadlift that's been in a workout? I know we've had a deadlift ladder that exceeded that if um, we wanted a ladder, but in a, in, a, like in a workout, so to speak, I don't know if we've seen a heavier deadlift been. than that. It might have been. It certainly uh, for the men, it was on par with the heaviest yoke that we've we've had, and for the women, it was the heaviest yoke that they've mm -hmm. ever experienced at the games. Uh, the deadlift, I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure. I think he might be right, but but I'm not I'm not 100 sure. It's not a laughing um, matter to pull a few yeah. deads like that in the middle of that workout. <laughs> yeah, and and that you know there, that was one of those ones again. If you pull back and you look at the totality of the test, it's like we needed something really short. We needed something really heavy. You know, there was a lot of people that get fixated on, oh, the gymnastic skills. It's like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, they're, they're, yep. they're were, they were significant, but turns out you still got to be really strong if you want to win the CrossFit Games. With beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that yep. workout is cool. Really cool. The end. Jackie Pro. So <laughs> Jackie, for anyone who's unfamiliar with it, classic CrossFit benchmark workout. And as it traditionally is, for time it's short and sharp thousand meter row 50 thrusters with an empty barbell is the normal person version so to speak and then you end with 30 kipping chin over the bar pull-ups this one for the games still have a thousand meter row asterisks there 50 <laughs> thrusters now with 95 pounds for the men 65 for the women and at the end 30 bar muscle-ups instead of 30 pull-ups the twist on this was that there was a cutoff pace on the row, that if you don't row within a certain period, which was aggressive, your workout was over. And this, this reminded me of a story that you told on a previous podcast as well, when you were working out at a seminar and there was some beast on seminar staff and you had a workout that had like <laughs> 500 meter rows and I think overhead squats with like 95 pounds. And he's like, I'm yeah. gonna bump up the loading in the overhead squats. And you're like, sure, if you want to, are you open to another option? Keep the loading as is. And every time you get on the rower, you have to do the 500 and 140 or less. And he was like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, to me is a very different test when you get to dictate your own pace and run your race. Um, yeah, and there's a time for that. I think that there's plenty of opportunity in many of the other events um, to do that. Correct. 
but uh, it's it's another thing to be able to hold your hand a little closer to the flame than you might want to recover from that and still win. I think it's a completely different physiological element, uh, and and I think it's important to test that at times. Um, Do you remember what those cutoff paces were, men and women? Yeah, it's three fifteen for the men, oh. and three and three forty for the women. And I, I deliberately, it was a pace that. Every single person in that field could do it if they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think we only had two women that didn't. And I don't believe it's because they were physically incapable. I think it's because at that time in the competition mm-hmm. that they were just done. Um, but the idea was that everybody can do it. It's it's a question of do you want to? And then who can recover and oh. still get the job done. And I mean, some of the, I was really, really blown away by how quickly yes. everybody would get off that rower and get right to work. I thought there was going to be significantly more break between those two elements. But again, the front runners, it was like just business as usual, finish the row, step right to the barbell, get to work. I couldn't believe it. It I was mean, impressive. Yeah. That was one of my takeaways was given the totality of the event, and it's the final event, and then you have to hold this pace in the rower, and now it's 50 thrusters at normally the Fran weight, and you're ending with 30 bar muscle-ups. How all things considered, these athletes put up times that most of us would be happy to do regular Jackie in. Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, the, the winner, L- Lazar Dukic, uh, <laughs> sub eight <laughs> on that, which is just unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. I mean, a sub... A sub eight Jackie for most people is like a hard put you on your back yes. kind of effort. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy how oh. good these guys are. So that, I mean, it was a, it was a great finale. It was a fantastic yeah. event. The, as, as a, a nerd of, and a fan of programming, loved it. Loved dissecting the whys. I, I Thanks. really appreciate the time and effort that you put into it. Appreciate you being willing just to take another stroll down memory lane. I'm sure these things have been stuck Happy in your to. head for so long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any kind of um, parting thoughts before we close? No, I think that if you're a, a student of the game, so to speak, um, you know, go back and take a look at it day by day. There's, I think there's useful um, learnings to kind of look at what was accomplished over the course of a single day. And then certainly the competition. It's, it's easy to get in the moment, kind of fixated on one event that you either liked or didn't like or a movement that you liked or didn't like but really the test isn't about single facets i mean that's the the games is breadth right Mm -hmm. who's who's got the broadest fitness and so when you're looking at the test you've got to take that same mind frame and step back and look at it over the course of the entire competition how does it shake out um and i think that's a way more sophisticated look at what is accomplished by these athletes uh and so you know those of you that are fans of, of this sort of thing that's the real meat and potatoes, in my opinion. Don't get too fixated on one or two independent elements. Look at the big picture and then ask yourself if, if it was appropriate. Well said. Well, again, thank you. It was a pleasure to watch. Congrats to you. Congrats to all the athletes, Thanks, coaches man. that threw down and poured their heart into this and gave all of us fans at home something amazing, amazing to watch. Uh, I hope you get some rest. And now for all <laughs> I'm working on it <laughs> for everyone listening in an audio format, uh, as we always say, we appreciate it, but we encourage you to go to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode and everyone's got comments 
about the games and events, right? Be it on the positive or the negative side or somewhere in the middle or what you loved or anything, a special moment that you saw, throw them in the comments. We want to hear what you have to say. And then as always, if you have an idea for an upcoming show or topic, now we, we stay away from competition. So we're getting back to business as usual starting next week. Yes. Let us know. And we will absolutely pay attention to that. Thanks, everybody, for being awesome. We appreciate the support. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.